0: You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. okay Come on, let's just take a moment to... Put our hands together to thank him one more time. Thank you, Jesus. The primary character in Hebrews 11 and 7 is Noah. Now, Noah was a man of God back in the Old Testament. And I want to consider just a few things that the scripture says about him in the book of Genesis, the sixth chapter. Genesis chapter six. No need to go to your table of contents. Just go to the front of your Bible and you will see Genesis. Genesis 6, and I'm going to start at verse 6. And the Lord was very sorry he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord got to looking at, at Noah. And saw that Noah was was thinking, talking, and doing justly. He was living according to the word. And so he he found grace in the eyes of God. God had made up in his mind, I'm going to destroy man. But he saw Noah and said, not you. You done found grace. I'm not going to destroy you. Grace is favor. When favor is on your life, it simply means that God is helping and blessing you. He's helping you and he's blessing you because you're striving to do what's right. And I love grace because because God's grace is bigger than your paycheck. I say God's grace is bigger than your paycheck. I tell folks, if, if you really strive to do what is written and reveal, God'll help you. I said God will help you. He'll help you. You can you can be broke, you can be penniless. Not have anything in your bank account, anything in your pocket. You, you even look up under your, your cushions on your couch and can't find anything. But all of a sudden, God will start sending folk your way. He'll cause the unexpected to show up at your house. Call somebody you don't even know to, to put money in your hand. That's grace. That's grace. Grace is so powerful that, that you can be going through something horrendous. But grace is adequate enough to deal with your horrendous situation. Got to show you a scripture based upon what I just said. Go with me to uh, 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Y'all learning? And listening? All right. 2 Corinthians 12. I'm going to start at verse 7. And this is Paul's part of his testimony. Paul said, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. That it might depart from me. Now, If you're asking God to move something repeatedly, you don't got tired of it. I said, you don't got tired of it. It's affecting you in some way or another. And notice he, he was repetitive in, in talking to the Lord about this. But this is what the Lord said to Paul in verse 9. My grace is sufficient, adequate, or enough for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. God will give you strength even though you're going through a week time in your life you you got to really understand this and look at the implication you can be jobless but God will give you money to make it through that season until you get a job my th- is made perfect in weakness just because you don't have does not mean that God is not going to take care of you. God supplies needs. His grace is sufficient. My strength, my power will help you walk when you don't have the power you need when you don't have the ability to move from point A to point B watch me help you when you can't get what you desire watch me step in and cause it to come to pass My strength is made perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient. And and you have have to understand that no matter what you're going through in life. And you have to receive it. Now consider this this verse again, verse 9. God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, this is Paul's response. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. Now, now, notice what he did. He changed. He had been pleading with God to move his trouble. But when God told him his grace was sufficient, he started giving God the praise in the midst of his trouble. I said, when God told him his grace was sufficient, he started giving the Lord the praise in the midst of his trouble. He stopped complaining. He did what God never could get Israel to do. Israel kept complaining, even though God showed forth his help or his grace time and time again. They just kept complaining. But Paul said, all right, your grace sufficient. I still got this infirmity, but I'm going to give you the praise. I'm going to give you the glory. Because you, not, you are not going to allow what I'm going through to overwhelm me. You can be going through it financially, but God will not allow poverty to consume you. You can be going through it in your body, but God will not allow that thing to overwhelm you to the point to where you can't function the way you need to function in life. His grace is sufficient. Not just for Paul. If you understand that God changes not, this is your testimony too. If it's your testimony, look at somebody and say, his grace is sufficient for me. For his strength is made perfect when it comes to my weakness. When I don't have the ability, I'm not going to throw in the towel because his strength. will cause a perfection or completion to take place. I can't take but a step or two to get there, but God going to help me finish the course. But if he helped you finish the course, you, you have to walk by faith because God is the author and finisher of faith. If you're crying about your situation, don't look for God to step in and do certain things. God is looking for somebody that's going through it, but yet is thinking, talking, and doing according to his word. You're yet living by faith even though you're going through a whole lot of stuff. By sure hands, how many know his grace is sufficient? look at somebody and say, God done helped me more time than I got fingers and toes. I can't even count how many times he done helped me. His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And like I say, when you accept this, you start praising him. Oh, you still got your trouble, but you're yet praising him. This is a word for somebody. Oh, yeah, don't get upset with me, but this is a word for somebody. You ain't been praising God because he ain't moved what you want him to move. You need to praise him because he letting you know what you should already know. Ain't no need in you complaining about what you're going through. You need to look at what you're going through and recognize God been blessing you the whole time. God been giving you strength the whole time. God been moving on your behalf the whole time. You may not have all the money that you want, but God been making sure when you need something that he provides But let's take it further. Let's take it further. And notice again back in back in the book of Genesis. Lord have mercy, the sixth chapter that Noah found, verse eight. Genesis 6 and 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's what he found. And when you recognize that God is bestowing his grace. Upon you, child of God, as Noah did. You just keep thinking, talking, and doing what he tells you to do. Whether you see it or not. You just walk in that grace. Going back to Paul, Paul didn't see his healing, but he kept walking in that grace. Now, back in Hebrews 11, as we continue, verse 7. Now, again, Noah being the main character, notice he was. Divinely warned of things not seen. God fulfilled Amos 3 and 7 in reference to, to Noah. That's what he did. So in order for God to divinely warn Noah... That means that he told him some secrets. Said some things to him in, in private. Gave Noah an oracle, a divine... Rama, a tailored word that nobody else knew about. God to tell His people things in secret. Powerful things. Bell is here. He'll start out saying his bigger is coming, but then he'll he, he'll let you know bigger than stop coming; it does show up. Uh-huh. Betty is here. Bigger was coming, but now it landed. God to do, and then then you, you tell folks you know God just been doing bigger and better things for me for me. in this pandemic. How can you say that? That's a secret. So he gave him an oracle, but but I, but I like how the Hebrew writer. Says it. He was divinely worn. God told him something in advance. And and, and I love how Noah received it. Notice what happened when he was divinely worn. He was divinely worn, and, and he first moved with godly. Fear. To fear is reverence or respect for the Creator. He gave God thanks, gave Him praise for giving Him a secret. Gave God praise. For giving him a personal prophecy, it, it, it's amazing how God God can speak a corporate word, and some will sit as if God has not said anything, or they do not accept what God said, or Well, that must be for them. But notice, he he was divinely warned and he moved with godly fear. He received the word by faith. Showed God respect. Again, because that's the first thing that fear means from a theological standpoint But fear also has to do with worship. And worship is connected to praise. Folk that truly worship God praise Him. They give Him thanks, accolades because of His goodness, His mercy, His grace. Moreover, we praise Him because of His promises, His blessings, and His salvation. If God bring you out of something, I, if you are a true worshiper, I don't care if you're in Target. You're going to take time to give him a praise. I can't wait to Sunday. I'm going to praise God for blessing me here at Target. Not if you're no true worshiper. You ain't going to wait no five days to give God no praise and, and he don't bless you on a Tuesday or Monday. You're going to take time in that store, despite who looking at you, and give God the praise. It might be a five second praise, it may be a 30 second praise, just depending on you. Watch this how many have ever praised God in an unusual place? A place where folk normally don't give him a hallelujah. They don't normally give him a thank you. They don't normally turn in victory. But you had to do it in that unusual place. Because God gave you an unusual blessing in that place. Woo, if it be true tell somebody I will praise him. And my praise is not limited to the church. Some women in here, your husband don't even believe in clapping his hands. Don't even believe in in coming to church. But you will praise your God in front of your unsaved husband. You will leap for some joy giving your Jesus thanks in front of your... Am I talking about you women? How many women in here you will praise God? In the midst of your husband. That don't have nothing to do with church. How many men in here. You will praise your God. On your job. Even though brothers try to be hard around you. You will let them know. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. He moved with what? Godly fear. He respected what God told him. And he had to give God. The praise. When God releases stuff telling us what he's going to do for us. You don't act like you don't don't receive God. Or his word is not for you. If you're a true child of God. Man, when I didn't have a quarter to my name and God would say certain things, I would start turning in victory even though I had holes in my shoes. I said, God, that ain't nothing but my word right there. That that, that is just for me, Lord. You have to understand that God is a God that speaks secrets. He'll tell you about your healing in advance. Tell you about things being turned around in advance. Tell you he's gonna take care of you financially in advance. When I went through that thing with my body, God told me in advance, I'm your healer. I'm Jehovah Rapha for you. No matter what you hear, no matter what they say, I am your healer. You may not feel like I'm your healer. It may not look like I'm your healer. But I want you to know in the midst of what you get to going through that I'm still your healer. I got to shout and I got to praising God. And when I got to going through stuff in my body, I remember him telling me that he was my healer. He was Jehovah Rapha. And I would leap for joy even though I didn't feel like it. I would turn in victory even though I didn't feel like it. I would leave the house working even though I didn't feel like it because I was believing what God said. Even though I didn't see the evidence. From a natural standpoint. Say to your neighbor if God makes you a promise. He is big enough to fulfill it. That's the reason the Bible tells us all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Somebody been going through something in here. Yeah, and you ain't been seeing the evidence the way you want to see it. But you got to know that the word is more important than the evidence. You got to know that, that, that things will pass but not God's word. Jesus himself said heaven and earth shall pass but not what I told you. When when you were in the bed and you were crying, when I told you it is well, I had not changed my mind about it being well. When you went to the doctor and got that negative report, but I told you before you stepped foot out of his office that I was going to take care of you, I have not changed my mind. Say to somebody, God, change is not. Say it to one more person. God changes not. You need to start back remembering what God told you about your situation. You need to start remembering what God promised you concerning your situation. And know that he has not changed. But, But notice this. This is so important. Notice this. He not only moved with fear, but but notice what he did. Because some folks will, will give God a clap about a word. But they will not do what is necessary. Yeah, you praise him for the word. But then you start doing certain things. That he has told you to do. Notice this. Still in Hebrews 11 and 7. And remember. He was one and then he moved with godly fear. But then he prepared. An ark. For the saving of his house home. He prepared. Notice. An ark. An ark is what we would call in our day and time a big houseboat. A big houseboat. A boat that has a roof. Signs to protect you from from weather. In Noah's case, from rain. That's what it literally, it was a a big houseboat. Figuratively, an ark is a place of refuge. That's what it is. It is a place for protection. For safety. It is a place where, where where God will put his children. So the storm will not consume them. When God warned Noah, gave him A message saying, look, a great rain is going to come. A flood is going to happen. Noah not only thanked God for the word, because God didn't have to tell him. Not only thanked him for the word. Not only respected his word. But he started doing what God told him to do in order to prepare for the flood. And to save, notice, his family, his household. I got to get the building. See, see, some folk uh, hear the word but but and, and expect certain things, but they won't do what they need to do. Woo, did you hear the prophecy? God gonna start sending out financial increase, but you still ain't tithing. You heard it, but you still ain't, ain't tithing. He he moved with godly fear, but then he started preparing. He started doing what was necessary. See, if God tells us, that a financial increase is going to come. We have to rightly divide the word. That means we, we have to start giving so we won't hinder the increase from coming to pass. God tell you he getting ready to bless your business. You can't sit down. You got to start preparing your business. You can't keep being that lazy person you've been the whole time. You got to straighten yourself up Because God rewards diligence. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Noah got to preparing for what God had told him was going to happen. I'm going to make you a multi-millionaire walk. Well, I, I need to start preparing Because I know if you're going to do that, I'm going to need some land to put some stuff. I'm going to need some space for, I need to start preparing. And I need to get some lists to see who I'm going to start being a blessing to. Because the ones I'm being a blessing to now. If you're going to do that type increase, I know you're going to ask me to get. Say to your neighbor, you have to prepare. For what God is telling you is gonna happen. Well, I'm just waiting around. I've been praying. Praying? You need to do more than pray. Get your Get your stuff prepared. Get yourself prepared. If you truly believe it. because I'm going to bless you with, with, with some land to build the church. He said but you ain't going to have to pay for the land. I got to looking. wonder where, wonder where he going to do it. Is he going to do it up here? I got, I got to looking and got to listening. I would be expecting folk to come up and tell me about land after services. I start preparing. Folks say, look, it's some land over there. I, can't, I ain't looking for no land that, that they're trying to sell. I'm looking for land that somebody going to give me. You think somebody going to get you land to, to build a church? That's what God said. And if he said it, he'll bring it to pass. When he told me that I didn't have a a quarter in my pocket, he was going to take care of me financially, I started giving him the praise for money coming from the north, south, east, and west. But then I turned around and changed, and I started giving him the praise for money coming from some ways. Because God is bigger than what you think. He'll do more than what you think. What did Paul say? He'll do exceedingly abundantly above. Oh! that you ask. He started preparing. He started preparing. He started preparing even though he was laughed at. Talked about. Folk were questioning what he was doing. He started preparing for rain to to come from the clouds to the point to where it would overwhelm the earth. And all of a sudden the water would appear where it had been nothing but dry land God said it's going to be a flood he's he going to send some water and where we are able to step and it's dry it's not going to be dry anymore that's what he, that, that's what he, he started preaching but, but the reason folk didn't receive what he was saying is found in Genesis 2. Go there with me. Y'all stay with me. Y'all all right? Genesis 2, I'm going to start at verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth And there was no man to tell it. It had rained. It had not rained. He had created. He had created the earth for no rain to come, so he would just send up a mist of water. But then he told Noah that he was going to do the unsane warned him about the unseen I'm I'm going to cause a flood to happen consider the 7th chapter of Genesis this this is what he said notice this, Genesis 7 and 4 for after 7 more days I will cause it to to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights and look at what the flood or the rain is going to do. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. I'm going to fulfill my prophecy. I'm going to fulfill what I said I would do. He let folks know that that's what he he was going to do, and and that's what Noah started preparing for. He started preparing for the rain that was going to last forty days and forty nights. Man, man, it be rain sometimes. You you don't even want it to to last thirty minutes. You can think your roof is secure, but you, you let it rain hard for a whole day. And you'll start seeing drops where you have never drops of water, where you have never seen drops of water. Can you imagine him just opening up the heavens and, and just allowing it to rain and, and it's going to be day? night 40 days and night now it, it had never happened so, so, so here Noah is and, and folks at the time they, they had to be like you know that fool still over there Billing And 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 see the whole time he was building, preparing, he was also letting them know that they need to get right. Go back to Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews. Eleven and seven. Notice he prepared and art for the saving of his household by. Which he condemned the world. He started telling the world about their sin. Y'all need to get right. Y'all need to get right. Well, I don't understand that. Was he a preacher? Well, let's go to 1 Peter. Well, 2 Peter? Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2. We'll start at verse 4. 2 Peter, that's in the back of the Bible. Don't fake it. I want you to really see this. 2 Peter 2 and 4. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, But cast down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare, notice, the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people. Who was Noah? A preacher of righteousness he wasn't no jack leg he wasn't one of them preachers that folk look for with itching ears he was a righteous preacher and see righteous preaching will cause you to feel condemned yeah Peter said it another way. Uh, uh, Acts says it another way. When Peter got to preaching, it pricked folk hard, which is the same thing. You, you start feeling condemned. You start feeling, oh man, I'm wrong for doing this. Noah preach, and they knew that a change should take place, but they wouldn't change. Jesus talked about how in the last days it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. You can preach the truth to folks, but they still won't change. Send themselves up for destruction. See, God is a merciful God. He, he wasn't just going to destroy men with, without giving them a word. God will give you a warning, a word. Give you time to repent. And sometimes he he he'll use hard preachers like John the Baptist. John the Baptist came for you vipers. Yeah, y'all, y'all get mad about my preaching. Somewhere we couldn't have set up under John. John'd be like, Hey, you vipers. I done warn you to repent of your sin. John had, John had uh, the governor People in high places, fearful of the word that he was preaching. He would eat delicacies and after he got, he got a full stomach, he would go for preaching. They even knew his apparel. But more so than anything, they knew his word. See, Jesus did not come to condemn, but get this. The word that he preached caused people to feel condemned. To look at themselves and consider what they need to do. He was a preacher of righteousness. He he prepared the all, but he was still preaching. I'm going to work. Oh, today is preaching day. Let me go preach. And he would preach because Noah was a just man. He didn't want just his family to be saved. And so he sent forth the word. And, and, And one of the saddest things about Noah's day is that even though he was a preacher of righteousness nobody got saved under his ministry but his family because folks simply didn't want the truth can you imagine a preacher of righteousness that's what we see but nobody wanted the truth. Nobody wanted a blessing. Preaching is a blessing. That's the reason Jesus said, as, as he was saying of all this, Bless are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger for the truth. When you hunger for a rainbow word, when you hunger for a word that's so powerful, it will change you from your crown to the sole of your feet. It will touch every part of your life and make it better. You are blessed, but they didn't want the blessings. they didn't want the blessings that's when you got folk that just come to church just to come to church and and some of us have been there you, you go to church out of obligation you mess up your own self when you do that You have to understand the blessing of righteousness. See, because that's how God's message comes forth. It's revelation, but is a revelation of righteousness that instructs us how to live. That's the reason Romans 1 and 17 says, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. God will send the word that will change everything about you for the battle. In my clothes, notice this. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Let's go back to, uh, well, Hebrews. Hebrews Hebrews, 11 and 7. He condemned The world. But then it gets personal. He became heir. He became heir of what nobody else wanted. Righteousness. No, he became heir. He preached righteousness, but nobody wanted the benefits that came from righteousness, so he became the beneficiary of Righteousness. They died in the flood, but, but Moses, well, I keep saying Moses, but, but Noah received the benefits of doing the right thing. I said he received the benefits of doing the right thing. And it was overwhelming for, for him because he, he, he got to receiving such benefits to where eventually he got out of what God had ordained for him to do and started trying to be a farmer. Not realizing how powerful fermented grapes were and got drunk To the point the way he took off all his clothes. and He stripped in front of folk. Yeah. He became something God never told him to become. And didn't know the power of it. We've seen that time and time again. We call it backsliding. God... Because see some folks get blessed but they can't take the blessing. So they start doing what God never ordained for them to do. God made him an heir of righteousness. He made him an heir of righteousness. God warns us the same way he warned Noah he warned them of what he had for him and of what he desired to do for folk if they did right but also what he was going to do if they rejected the word does the same for us you you know if God sent a word saying better is here and bigger is coming and you you reject it, the alternative is going to be the opposite of better you can't reject what God sends you without being affected. The Bible is clear old testament and new testament paul was 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 just uh more open when he said you reap what you sow when God gives us a warning about something and a warning is not always a bad thing we just have been taught crazy the warning that, that, that uh, Noah got that was a good warning <laughs> I think I heard somebody say, warning come before the... That, that, that's, that's a worldly saying. That ain't always true with God. God will warn you, and it'll be something to shout about. Something to turn in victory about. Right? Yeah. Some of us, he warned, look, if you don't get your life right, something bad gonna happen. Oh, God, thank you. I'm going to church Sunday. That was a good one. We have to be to the point to where we take God's warnings seriously. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise.